Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Girls Active Coach series of the Youth Sport Trust podcast. I'm your ambassador Chloe, your special guest introducer. Within this podcast series, we take a deeper look into CLEAR, which stands for Creativity, Aspiration, Resilience and Empathy. In each episode, we explore one of these areas in depth with our host, Jenny Walworth and a special deck. Listening to the podcasts is a great way to get some fresh air and step away from your screen. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Over to you, Jenny. Um, welcome everyone to our podcast today. My name is Jenny Walwick. I'm a former GB badminton player. And for the last seven years, I've worked for some amazing organisations and charities, including the Youth Sport Trust, who I work as an athlete mentor for, delivering inspirational programmes up and down the country. And today I get an exciting opportunity um, to host this podcast with our very special guest, Leah Burridge. And I'm really excited to to speak to you today, Leah. Um, Leah is a footballer from Bridgewater United, a senior sports development apprentice, a men's performance football coach and a youth sport trust team leader. Not only that, but she's currently in the process of completing her UEFA B coaching license. It sounds like you are one busy woman, Leah. Um, so thanks so much for speaking to us today. I'm really excited to hear more about your story. Lovely, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, very busy, <laughs> all the time, non-stop. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I was reading about all the things you were doing. I was like, wow, that is that is one busy woman. <laughs> but it's definitely opportunities that can't be missed. I'm saying yeah. get them in early. Get the experience and then can progressively move on. Definitely, definitely. And you've already hit the gym this morning. It's it's only eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I've started work early this morning, so um, I don't mind starting starting work early because getting yeah. the gym and get on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So tell us a little bit more about your um, your passion for football and how you how you got into it initially. Yeah, so I've always played football since the age of four. Um, and I think that came from following my brother's footsteps. Um, he's a year older. And at the time, um, being four years old, I was the only girl in my village, the only girl in, in the county, really, um, at Devon that played football. Um, so I played for a boys' team um, and absolutely loved it. I think the boys enjoyed having a girl on the team as well because it's so... A lot of the time when we were going away to games a lot of the boys would turn up and always have that bit of a banter with you and such saying oh there's a get there's a girl on the team but then <laughs> when I actually started getting playing they actually really liked it because I was actually half decent um so that, that was quite nice and then they were actually really encouraging um and through that I've always played football and the love and passion that I have for football is just massive and over the years it's grown um and with that, I've I've got a coaching role um, from the age of 16. I've always had a huge coaching role, whether that's um, boys football, girls football. Um, I currently do the men's football at the college as well. So I've always had a huge love and passion for whether that's football or coaching as well. Um, so I'm very passionate about um, helping others, um, coaching others because and giving the opportunity back to others. Because when I was younger... It doesn't feel like I had many opportunities within football or like leadership coaching roles, but now there's so much more to offer. Um, and by giving something back for myself, I feel like I'm just making an impact on others' lives. 
That's that's amazing, Leah. And I think I, I'm just trying to imagine you now running around as a little four-year-old girl, you know, on a on a pitch full of boys. I mean, what was yeah. that? What was that like for you? I, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I, I, I think it was just because um, most of the lads at the time just thought I wasn't going to be very good. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as you start to get playing, they they actually really shocked. Um, so I actually loved making that bit of a difference on the pitch as well. And, and kind of proving them wrong and saying, you know what? Like, I'm a girl, but I'm better than you as well. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I go to so many schools now and, and um, work on amazing programmes like Girls Active. And quite a lot of the girls are saying, you know, how quite often the boys can speak to them a little bit negatively and say, you know, oh, you're a girl, you can't do this, you can't do that. And how amazing that you, you know, step out onto that pitch and you prove everyone wrong and you, you know, change the opinion of people. That's that's amazing. Yeah, and I think especially now with my coaching role, coaching, going into schools, um, coaching those younger girls, coaching those younger boys, and then I'm able to influence them and tell them about my experiences, what I've been through, um, and help them overcome those barriers that they may have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how, how did you, obviously you're very passionate about it, which is lovely to hear. How did you, um, first, obviously you started playing football from a really young age, but how did you get into coaching? How did that start for you? Yeah, so I, I used to do um, little bits of coaching when I was at school and college, um, like junior leadership academy those sort of things um but it really started kicking off when I was um professional footballer at Yeovil Town Ladies um and it was three four seasons ago and I also had to kind of find a part-time job on the side of that because with women's football there wasn't enough money in it just to live off of that um so with that I got the opportunity to come up to Bridgewater and Taunton College and um do a qualification for level three um, sport in um, schools it was and what was that that with that was a FA women and girls apprentice role um, so with that um, there would be 12 apprentices across the country um, and we'd all come together every few months meet as a team meet at St George's Park those sort of things and we'd work as a group of 12 apprentices to encourage and motivate women and girls into participating in football a lot more. Um, so with that, we might there would be a lot of barriers. It would be trying to engage those new women and girls to participate in football, but yeah. also trying to keep the numbers growing. Um, with sticking to those girls who are potentially not enjoying sport or not enjoying football as much, so trying to keep them active trying to keep them enjoying it um so that's where my my coaching passion really started to like flourish over over the years yeah. and with that I met I met so many people um that were attending different colleges who were doing the same job roles me but we were able to network and work together and say what was working in their settings what wasn't working so well and we were able to share our ideas and come together um and what consisted of this role was myself going out to schools going out to the local community engaging women and girls into playing or participating in football um but at the time I found this really difficult because some girls um, never wanted to play football because it was that barrier of oh I'm a girl boys are gonna yeah. think that girls don't play football so I think overcoming that first barrier was massive but I had to be creative, um, I had to be innovative with the ideas that I came up with. 
I did things like soccer size. Um, I held mass events at the college where I got all schools to come in with um, five or six different girls, like different teams. So they'd um, have like tournament. Then our festival we used to do it during girls football week where it had that Disney theme to it. So it encouraged girls to participate more and more. And um, over, over the years, um, the last couple of years that I was doing that role, I just enjoyed it so much. And I've just really wanted to make that impact um, towards others' lives as well. That's amazing. I mean, you're definitely showing you're linking in with that creativity aspect of, of the care model there. And I mean, yeah. I saw the thing you haven't mentioned, which is absolutely amazing that I've seen, is that during this time as an apprentice, you were tasked with engaging 100 um, new female participants, you know, over the course of a year. And you absolutely smashed that target by reaching over 800 girls. Now, yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, I managed to um, get an achievement and an award at the end of that. So I was in my first year as an apprentice at the college um, and they do star awards, all staff. And I was the first apprentice in that year um, to receive most outstanding contribution award, um, which felt brilliant at the time. I absolutely loved it and actually really showed that, you know, everyone thought I'd done so well and, it felt good for me because I had worked so hard and it's just nice to have that little bit of like something nice to be given back. Yeah, it's so lovely, isn't it? When you've, you've put so much effort into something and you've enjoyed it and you've seen others enjoy it too and, and what an impact and a difference that you've made and then to obviously be recognised for that, it must have been a really proud moment for you. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, Eight hundred sounds easy, but it, it definitely, <laughs> there definitely <laughs> there definitely was um, challenges within that. And talking about the care principle with um, resilience, I definitely had to have that throughout my journey, throughout my twelve months, just purely because, like I said, going into schools for the first time, a lot of girls would not want to play football. Um, so it'd be encouraging them, keeping on to them, saying like why they should play how much of an impact this will have on their life and the well-being effects of it. And I had to inspire and motivate them to keep doing it. So I would just join in with sock size. I'd lead the sessions, make them feel comfortable. Um, and then over the time, I'd create that relationship and good bond with those students to encourage them that much to carry on and compete. That's brilliant. And at the end, when you when you got to the end of that, I mean, what was what was the feedback from the girls who maybe initially didn't want to be involved or felt like there was too many barriers? Um, how how did they feel once they had taken part? They loved it, and this made uh, I did get some feedback, especially from the um, festival that I held, and I had great feedback from them and their teachers. I had some girls go on and play for local football clubs as well. And so I couldn't expect any more, really. Because um, I also I also followed it up with a lot of schools and said, right, where are your girls now going on to next? What are they doing next? And um, that sort of thing is really important to me because I didn't just want to go in there for just a one-off session and have that impact. I wanted to do it over a four, five, six-week period um, and have that lot everlasting long-term effect on them. Yeah, and, and that's the hard thing, isn't it? It's having the, you know, it's, it's easy to go in and deliver one session, um, but to actually keep that reoccurring theme and, and really 
try and engage them week in week out that is you know what stays with them in the end and that's what hopefully motivates them to keep going so I mean yeah definitely the sign you're showing all the signs of an amazing coach earlier <laughs> yeah and and now obviously I've, I've progressed onto that role now I've moved onto that one um there's a new apprentice currently doing that role as well so I'm now leading her um oh. to, to kind of follow my footsteps which is really nice um, and I've just progressed my role up in now working in men's football um, between the ages of 16 to 18, which is a little bit different for me, but also really nice as well. It gives me that extra bit of experience. Um, and like you say, on my B licence qualification currently as well. So it's all going you, right. How are, you, how are you finding the UA for B coaching licence? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. It's challenging. But that's what it's all about. If it doesn't challenge me, it's not going to make me any better. Um, so I'm absolutely loving it. Looking forward to finishing. <laughs> there, is a lot, there is a lot of work to do, a lot of my projects. But um, yeah, it's really good, really good. Brilliant. And I bet the, the, some of the boys you're coaching at the moment, some of the men you're coaching, I bet they, um, they're sort of looking, looking up to you as well and seeing all that you're doing and probably wanting to do the same as well. Yeah, to be honest, they're a great bunch of boys. And um, because they're at that age of 16 to 19, a lot of them are still in that um, bit of predicament. Like, what, what do I really want to do? So yeah. it's great to have so many coaches in the college around them who can help provide them with that opportunity if they need it. I might get a few boys come up to me and say, right, is there any coaching opportunities that I can get involved with? And I'm like, yeah, I know who to speak to. I can help you out. Um, which is really nice because then it's always providing that opportunity for young people to get involved if they need it. Yeah, I, lo I love that word in general, you know, you know, just opportunity. Actually, you know, quite often we can be quite fearful. Some people can be quite fearful of opportunity or change and new things. And it's so nice to talk to someone who is just taking on everything that they can do. You know, you are juggling so many balls at the moment, but yet, You've got a massive smile on your face. You clearly talk so passionately about what you do. And um, one of the opportunities that I'd seen that you'd had was um, you went out to South Africa for a couple of weeks to help coach children in deprived areas. I mean, that must have been an incredible experience. Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, that was brilliant. And that was in the same year where I was the FA Women and Girls Apprentice at the college. Um, so the staff gave me, because I... I was doing so well, the staff gave me the opportunity to go out to South Africa with, with the sports science students at the college. They go out every year um, as a group and I went out as coach mentor. So my job was to oversee our students and help them with their planning of their sessions, their delivery, but also when we were out into schools every day, I was also kind of the coach mentor that oversaw them leading sessions I could also get involved a little bit and play as well, which I absolutely love. That's what but, you want. <laughs> yeah. What, what a life-changing opportunity that was. Um, I would 100% love to go back. And I'm, fingers crossed, once COVID's all gone, I really do hope I'm going to go back because um, it's brilliant. If anyone ever gets the opportunity to go out and experience those sort of um, learning opportunities and coaching opportunities, it's just brilliant. Um, the, we went out to about seven or eight different schools throughout the um, 14 days that we were there. And it, it, was, it was just brilliant. Um, 
it, it was challenging as well, a lot of challenging just purely because we didn't know what to expect. The first day, we were like, right, how, how are these children going to be? Obviously, they didn't speak English. They didn't, they didn't really know how we were going to be either. But I mean, how was that with the language barrier? It was interesting because we were just talking to them. We were trying to be South African. I think a lot of students yeah. were just put, putting on accents just to, just to make it sound like we were in with them. But they also do little like handshakes and stuff. So oh over there, they wouldn't necessarily say hello because they can't speak English, but they would always do little handshakes. And you'd have to like do this with your thumbs. Oh, wow. And once we got used to it a few days later, um all the kids and all the students were doing it to each other and it was just so lovely and it was oh. just something they they do to people who come out and visit yeah um, I mean, what an amazing way of like finding a different method of, of communicating as well and something that's fun and engaging for everyone yeah yeah definitely and we weren't just going out there to coach one sport our students were out there coaching all sports and it was catered for them so we'd turn up at one school and there'd be no grass, so we'd have to play rugby on concrete um, rocks. But they oh, they wow. loved it. That's what they were used to. Yeah, um, we we were a bit nervous as well, but they were used to that, and they just loved us being around. And all the children out on the playgrounds every lunchtime, every morning, and afternoon, just loved being involved. Um, they loved us being over there because they weren't used to it, and having some sort of sport every day was just fantastic for them. Um, by the end of the week, we then got all the schools to select, I think it must have been 10 or 15 students each, where we then come together at this stadium and we'd hold a massive festival like slash event, like a, like a mini Olympics for them. Um, so then they all got to come together and meet other students from other schools as well, which is really nice for them. Oh, what an experience. For, I mean, what an experience for them, but also what an experience for you. Like, and I think that's... The amazing thing about sport in general, isn't it? That, um, you know, it affects everyone in some way. And, you know, whether it's from an athlete's perspective or a coach's perspective, it can open so many doors and yeah. create so much opportunity. And like you said there, you know, you've been able to experience traveling across the world, um, seeing a different culture, seeing how different games are played and how people respond to it. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, and, and with that, I went to South Africa in March, I think it was, and two months later, I then got the opportunity to go to Bilbao in Spain oh. um, with, with the college, but that was more of a trip that was based on just football. So we were out there um, with a local football club and we were training. We went out to watch Bilbao play at the stadium and same again, I had a similar role as coach mentor. And I absolutely loved it, but it was very different to South Africa. It was nice to have that bit of difference between them because having that more of a football passion that I love, I was able to join in, have that impact in Bilbao and um, help our students coach that bit more because I've got that experience behind football. Whereas in South Africa, it was also nice challenging myself and trying new sports and help leading them the new sports that I maybe didn't have enough experience on. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it must have just been such a huge development process for you um, to experience everything that you have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just <laughs> been brilliant. And been able to share my story over the years and say, well, I've been out here coaching. I've also yeah. been there 
I've coached this age group, I've coached this, like all different abilities, um, which has been brilliant. Yeah, and obviously, um, you know, you as a coach have had such a big impact on um, so many people, but how have coaches been important in your journey? I think they've, they've been a huge importance into my journey just because I've been able to feel open um, to speak to them. If I've got anything I need help with, a lot of the coaches in the setting that I'm working now at Bridgewater and Taunton College, they're just fantastic. To, they understand you. Um, and they, they do want to help you. They're always willing to give you a hand. For example, if I need help with my B licence, they're just there. They, they, a lot of them have done it, so they are very helpful in that sort of manner as well. But I think a lot of them I tend to look up to as well. Um, it's nice to look up to somebody and think, I can take some of what they do good, their good practice into my practice. Um, and it is nice to see a lot of different coaches, sometimes not even having a conversation, standing back and watching those coaches and seeing what they do, seeing what impact they have on those students is really beneficial for me. Brilliant. And, and you've obviously, I mean, you've been involved in so much in so many different ways. And I mean, it's obvious you've got so many talents from both an athlete and a coaching perspective. Um, and I know in the past you've been passionate about, as well as the many other things that you've done, um, supporting athletes, uh, supporting student athletes to reach their full potential while studying and playing sport too. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you what you did there? Yeah, so at Bridgewater and Taunton College, um, previously I've coached the Women's Football Academy and they are student athletes where they would they would be on the academy football programme as well, but they'd also be studying A-levels, B-tech throughout the week. And this would be at times quite challenging and difficult for them because they do have to balance their, their life and their week up with training at high level, playing games, but also making sure they are fitting their time in studies um, and their learning and doing all their homework and those sort of things. And I think it's just been important that I've been there for them. Um, if they're finding stuff too much, like if they've got too much work going on, then they come and speak to me. They feel comfortable speaking to me because I'm able to help them resolve any um, any issues they may have, where they might feel overworkloaded, for example. Um, so what we'll tend to do is we'll, we'll tell them to miss one training session, like, as much as they don't want to miss a training session, studies is important yeah. and that way it will help them. Um, so I think a lot of it is just down to the person who you are, making sure that you create that comfortable environment for those players or those student athletes so that they feel comfortable to talk to you. Because um, if I wasn't, um, if they didn't feel comfortable around me, I think that potentially they would just not come to training, not, not do their learning or those sort of things. And they wouldn't speak to me about these things. Whereas that's where I feel that creating those strong relationships from, from the very start, as soon as you meet them, um, and then they feel comfortable just speaking to you as and when they need to. So I think a lot of our student athletes enjoy being around the college because they are able to balance out their life. There's not too much going on for them. Um, and we as teaching staff and sports staff help provide that for them as and when it's needed. Yeah. And I think you're touching, I mean, you're touching on that empathy section there in, in terms yes. of you know, being understanding of, of what they're going through. I mean, I know as a, a former athlete myself that I've had coaches that 
you know, have really listened and taken on that role as, you know, a mentor and a friend and a coach, you know, they've had so many different hats and it's, it's those coaches who have got the most, I guess, success out of me in terms of feeling like I can be honest and feeling like, you know, when things are great, you know, being able to celebrate that, but also when you're feeling vulnerable and like you're, you're going through a challenging time and the more difficult times, actually, you can go to that coach too and say, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Have you got any advice and can you help me? It's not all about, okay, just drilling your, um, drilling the person that you're coaching. It's about understanding that there's such, there's so much of a bigger picture in terms of how they might be feeling and what they might be going through. Yeah. So I'll also with these student athletes, some of these girls will be talented enough and they'll be progressing onto first team football. So I would have also been playing football with some of the student athletes where that was also nice to create those relationships early on with them um a lot of our student athletes would also stay at Cannington which is a campus out the road where they'd um, stay throughout the week and that's where they would live so they would move away from their families um they'd maybe go back on weekends depending on where they they live we had one girl last year who lived in Jersey so she didn't go back every time she stayed over at Cannington quite a bit. And that's that's what they, they did struggle with at the start. They were 16, 17-year-old girls who were moving away from home to get their student-athlete experience with playing football, studying at the college. And that was a big change for them. But like you say, with the empathy part, I had to be, you know, like, like a role model for them, a good enough role model so they'd feel comfortable to come and speak with me. And I think throughout COVID, it was really important because... A couple of times we had to go into isolation um, as a football club and those girls were isolated in their rooms at Cannington. So it was important every day, staying in contact with them, staying in touch with them. But then I also decided to put on these home workout sessions for them so they felt like they were staying, staying in within the team, communicating to one another, but also staying active because that's what we'd miss. We'd miss not playing football, not miss going out for a run, those sort of things. Um, so it was all all about staying as one as a team, staying together um, and keeping in contact because I could imagine it would have been very lonely out there. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I can't. You know, it, it's been such a challenging year for every everyone. But to like you said, to be off on your own in a room, being completely isolated, it's you know, it's hard to imagine how how difficult that is. I mean, it must be so lovely now that things are starting to relax to be able to get back on the pitch again and to be able to. Um, you know, to train, it must be lovely. Yeah, my, my coaching role had slowed down for a little bit due to no football, so I oh. definitely missed that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had missed that, but now it is starting to pick up a bit more. Um, two weeks ago, I went on my B license block two course as well, so that was a whole it was over a year that I'd gone on the first one. Um, so it was nice to pick that one up again, it's nice to be back in playing some sort of fixtures as well with the college um and then fingers crossed from September all go yeah yeah and obviously within all this that you've already spoken about you've you've been um a youth spot trust team leader as well which is is brilliant and you know I've met so many over the over the last sort of six seven years and they've been absolutely fantastic and such role models to the young people that have been on our camps and I think you see the connection they make with the young people and you see how much they enjoy being with their team leaders and enjoying that time with someone that's, you know, 
almost showing them how it's done a little bit, but also have, there to have lots of fun with, which is amazing. And how, how, have you, how have you enjoyed that over the years? It's been brilliant. It's been one of the best opportunities that I have been involved with. Um, it's been such a shame that COVID has got in the way because um, having spoken to all the other team leaders on our group chats and video calls and that, we have really missed it. And I think it's just having that bit of a face-to-face um, interaction with one another, but then also putting it out into practice. So having our team leader training events is so much fun. Um, the experiences that you learn from others as well is brilliant. But then actually putting it out onto the field when you do things like the girls' football camps, the girls' active camps, those sort of things, it's just yeah. brilliant. And I think every team leader, it shows the real person once they get to put it out into practice and um, everyone just shines individually. Um, throughout that, we, we just learn so many different experiences from others, um, all their experiences, you just learn new skills, learn, learn all sorts throughout the whole weekend. It's definitely um, something I do miss and I can't wait to get, get involved with it again. Yeah, and I mean, the experience itself is amazing, but also what's so lovely about it is you come away and you've, got, you've suddenly got a whole new friendship group you know, you've got a WhatsApp group with all the team leaders. Again, you know, you're getting that opportunity to, by by saying yes, and although sometimes it might be a little bit nerve-wracking, although sometimes you think, oh God, what's it going to be about? And am I going to be pushed out of my comfort zone? And actually, you know, the, the experiences are amazing, but also you're making friends for life as well, which is, is so lovely. Yeah, so as you mentioned, comfort zone, that's something massive. And I, I live by by it really trying to push myself out of it when I when I was a bit younger I wasn't shy I was quite confident anyway but I would always be nervous or always be anxious if I got asked to do something that I didn't quite feel comfortable with and um, over the years just pushing yourself slowly pushing yourself onto the, your next growth and those sort of things it just helps you massively like motivate yourself to go on and push to do more um, like I always say, comfort zone, you, you've got to push yourself out of it to make you feel good. Once you've done it and once you're in it, you feel amazing. And um, I think that's really important to any young individual, to be honest, or, or any person, anyone who's trying to grow or anyone who's trying to push on that little bit extra, get out of your comfort zone. You, you've got to, um, and you'll feel great about it after. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm with you on that one, Leah. That is such a such a huge thing and, and something that can increase your, you know, your friendship circle, increase your confidence, you know, increase your opportunities, everything. So, you know, it's definitely worth doing. And I think you've led us on to our, our last question, even though you've probably just given us a great piece mm-hmm. of advice, is if you could um, give our listeners one piece of advice um what would it be yeah so it'd be um push yourself out your comfort zone um grab every opportunity that gets given to you like you say i that's what i've done um and it comes with so many good things and like i said at times you may feel like pressured nervous or anxious but at the end of the day you're overcoming those barriers that you may never thought you would have um and always try to have a positive mindset I love that, Leah. Thank you so much. It's been really nice to have you on as our guest today. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. And thanks for, I mean, taking time out what is 
a crazy schedule. Um, very thank you. Girl, so thank you for, for being on to talk to us. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation while driving some fresh air. I know I did. Thanks to our host, Jenny Walworth, and a special guest for this episode. Before you go, remember to subscribe to our channel on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from for more great content just like this. Thank you for listening. Until next time, see you soon.